than some putty eye, even if we day old, y'all put your hands up, nah, put your hands down, put them in the ground, mix it with the brown, it's that new sound, even if it's age old, fresher than some putty eye, even if we day old, oh, to the microbial secret society uh, it's a beautiful day here in hawaii and i hope where you are tuning in it's equally beautiful within your mind's eye you can see the microbes thriving that you can see the spaces necessary for bioremediation that you can feel empowered to find solutions for pollution and restitution of our constitution amongst our people and give us sovereignty in a way that we deserve it. Right? We don't want some stuff we don't deserve. We don't want some undue, unjust things. Unless, of course, you do. Unless you think you're deserving somehow everything should come to you and what you do is worth more than everyone else and what they do. But I think when we understand that we're one in a microbial secret society where we constantly are kind of embroiled in this a microbial soup of sorts. I was just learning about uh, microRNA, which is an interesting topic to kind of go over. Um, and with microRNA, it's this stuff that basically it seems like we're awash in it from what I can tell, is that the human biosphere, the zoosphere, the, this, this sphere that surrounds the earth of atmosphere down to the subsoil just below where it's reacting, not, not too far out in space where it's too cold and not too close to the earth where it's too hot but kind of in this middle layer, so they say, this zoosphere of life, zoe, zoe sphere, zoe sphere. Um, and basically what the micro RNA is, is that's the way this thing functions. The micro RNA is this somewhat of a soup by like, are, like you kind of 
it, it helps if you know the difference between DNA and RNA and these larger constructs that define biology and map the fractal, the carbon-based fractal into life and, and the water that drives it through living water pumps. But really, what, what, is, what is DNA? DNA is the kind of the, the matrix. It's the genetic code of this reality. Um, and DNA, DNA is simple. It's, it's just amino acids. And there's, uh, I think there's uh, three of them, I think, or six or something. They codons. I should, I should have probably researched this before I go on to explain it. But really, what it, what it comes down to is it, it mimics the I Ching on a, on a lot of levels. The genetic code has 64 codons. Where, where it's 64 different things it can kind of code for. And these, these 64 things are placed in different places to create different functions. And they're based on a few aminos that, that build these, these bits based on, you know, what, what can bond together and how it, how, you know, basically whether it's a open line or a closed line and, um, Set, setting up these aminos and and, the, and it goes in this double helix spiral thing and it's and it's there but what i what i think we fail to realize as genetic scientists and you can look back at the episode where i interviewed lucas Kambic and he's he's probably one of the more experienced geneticists i've i've worked with he's he's actually made his own genetically modified organisms he works in a lab for UH Hilo, and he was genetically modifying for some lettuce wilt that they had in their greenhouse that he thought was viral caused. And they were able to experiment with a genetically modified organism to prevent this. So understanding what DNA is, you know, it's a big subject. It's relatively new to the modern world. But the parallels I draw with it are that it's almost identical to I Ching. With the 64 codons, the, the bits, the way it arranges, the way it can even transform. And so I believe life and the I Ching are intricately related. And this, this comes to the subject of, well, well then, well then what is RNA? So DNA codes for RNA. Basically, they say DNA is kind of like the blueprint. And RNA is the structure. So DNA comes out, certain parts of it are unsheathed, exposed. Those things go into a protein copying machine. And then it produces your DNA or, 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 or little widgets, basically, like an assembly factory for cells to then operate on. So these RNA proteins... I'm not sure if they're the actual widgets themselves or they're the coded things. I should probably have researched this before the show, but, and I'm driving right now, so can't really pull it up in real time. But what I want to get at is the RNA, if you're still with me, is the, the kind of interpretation of the DNA. 
So if DNA is a code that says, if this, then that, and these things, similar to kind of a programming language of sorts that can code for certain widgets under given conditions, then the RNA is the interpretation of what that is and the expression within that organism, given the environmental conditions that also are present meaning that the RNA can morph based on environment to become even more customized than perhaps the DNA could code for. For instance, like blueprints say certain things on them, but the builder themselves, based on the environment or based on the materials around, sort of modifies the blueprints to, the, to, you know, to minor degrees to produce a functional building that just went from, you know, concept to actual implementation or, uh, you know, an object there. And so this is why RNA coding is a little bit different because it's based on environment. Environment is always shifting. And then, you know, and, and, and what I, to get, to get back to the, the I Ching example of the DNA being, the hexagrams of the I Ching. So there's 64 different hexagrams. And these represent the different I Ching states. The RNA is your translator's book. So, so usually when you throw I Ching, you, you somehow obtain two, uh, a hexagram, usually a base hexagram that you're at. And then typically one of those lines is shifting within your base hexagram to show where life is moving forward. And, um, and how things are changing. And, and so w- you end up with two hexagrams. And then this is the way I do it. Some, some people will say you have one base hexagram and then many lines will change. But I find that to be erroneous because the universe can't just jump from one state to a completely different state. There's kind of a harmonious flow between just like harmonics and lyrics and these and slides and scales. And it has to rotate in a certain way. It's a, it's a gear. It can't just uh, flip like without, you know, in, a, in an illegal rotation. So there is actually a pattern that can be gleaned from how certain states can turn to other certain states and how this 64 cubic thing, tetrahedron, rotates and how you can understand where and what the universe is doing. But to bring it back again to the RNA, the RNA is your translation of the I Ching. So you have historical translations by Lao Tzu, right? He, he went and he studied the I Ching and he wrote, you know, whether he was one person or a conglomerate or many, under the name of Lao Tzu, many texts were written on the I Ching um, and commentaries and people throughout antiquity wrote on this. Then you have the more modern translations and or interpretations, which are one of the most popular is the Wilhelm uh, translation, which I find to be very confusing and very verbose, you know, verbose and just not very concise and very extravagant. You may hear the singing bridge in the recording. Um, and just over the top. And it's really, it goes into the, each, each line and what each line means and all this grandiose stuff, which is great. And it can give you this precise meaning if you have enough time to read it. Um, 
or you can go with one of my favorites, favorites, which is the BB Dubs. And Brian, Brian just nails it with his concision and his brevity and his poignant advice on these deep levels of like grokking what the I Ching, what each state means, but then the transformation between them. And so based on the environment, based on the thing, you can have these, these different translations of I Ching, which to me are the, are the RNA. They're the widgets that actually enable reaction or action throughout the world. And you could maybe create in real time your own um, translation, and that would you'd, you'd be an RNA manufacturer within this paradigm that I'm explaining. Or you could go with these known set of libraries, which are kind of like, you know, almost like risk or reduced instruction set compiler languages that are recognized throughout the protonaceous world and throughout the biological world. That's a beautiful gold tree, right? The Kamehameha statue today. Um, but these these other functions and factors that you can you can bring into this of of understanding what proteins are, what micro RNA is, and how it interacts with our environment and and us as as there's this morphing code. It's almost so so DNA is this hard coded code, kind of like a symbol. For, for instance, like like lake over over water or um or pick a happier one like like earth over thunder um and and these hexagrams here which represent certain things as symbols but it's the rna that translates that into meaning like like um earth over thunder is return or number number 24 typically in this in this numerical condensation into sequential processing of this of this function and and understanding that you're at state 24 in this in this 2d matrix of of where you know um and and then to understand the bigger the bigger implications of that of how how you fit in space and time and and how dna is almost this expression of life twisting on energy based you know on this on this whole deal so with, with well, that's it for our free episode, so join us at www.microbialsecret.org for the full episode, and join the Microbial Secret Society. So uh, may the beneficial microbes be with you. Aloha.